welcome to Soberish. I can't hear myself. Hello. Did I turn on my own headphones? <laughs> oh, there I am. I can't hear myself. I turned on the music because it was very loud in my ear. And then I turned down my own headphones. Anyway, solid start. Welcome to Soberish. It's just me today. I tried to find another cool guest, but I think Ramin might be the only cool person I'm friends with on social media that lives here. Anyway, that's probably not true, but I'm going to find some more guests. But I have plenty of shit to talk about by myself. I've gotten a lot of fan mail from people. I appreciate it so much. I am probably going to have a really hard time going back to any addiction subjects. Because you all are encouraging me too much. But I wanted to cover a few different subjects based on the fan mail that I have gotten. So a few things that I want to talk about are, number one, the 5D download that I did get into a little bit on last week's episode. But I want to break it down a little bit more. I want to talk about finding your own aliens. And I want to talk a little bit about things like astrology and tarot and where these things fit in with what we're doing. I wanted to put together a YouTube series where I kind of demystify some of these spiritual things and explain why they're not so woo-woo after all. But it is full-blown Mercury retrograde. And every single time I try to use stop smirking. All right, listen. We'll start with astrology. Brian, please remember everything else I just said I was going to talk about because I will immediately forget. Here's the problem with basic bitches getting a hold of higher concepts (laughs) is then I have to swim upstream to explain these higher concepts because everyone associates them with the basic bitches. Here is what astrology is. We are living in an energy exchange. Everything is the exchange of energy. A big part of the 5D download is experiencing reality through the exchange of energy and not through what you see physically in front of you. I'm going to end up backtracking to the 5D download real quick. So Brian and I were just having a conversation about how we both used to be the kind of people that were very perceptive in a way that was like body language. You could pick up on cues that people left. You could pick up inflection and voice and tone and voice. And that is really shifting for a lot of us that got this download. So that's 3D perception, right? So if you're very perceptive in the 3D reality, you're someone who picks up on body language, voice, inflection, stuff like this. A lot of times you get that gift from trauma. Not always, but a lot of times. Anyway, I'm not going to edit this. So if I say um a ton in this episode, I'm recording it and putting it out. And sorry, I usually edit those out for you. But today you are fucked. I really want to say it right now. Anyway, so then 4D, which was like we get this new layer of consciousness that's really kind of in the mental space, which is what I call the ether. This is the place where we are connected in our collective mental space where we can hear when someone else is lying or deceiving themselves or manipulating. It's not very clear why always, but you can just kind of pick up on it in that mental space. 5D download that we just got. So we downloaded it this wave. If you're listening to it, you're probably on the same wave. This wave downloaded it between the eclipses in July. So it was like the 3rd and the 16th. And now we're kind of in this installation process. Here's what I know about it from talking to the aliens and then also from doing readings. A lot of us are on the same kind of 
wavelength right now, kind of dealing with the same things, installing it. Where 4D is very much a mental space, 5D is very much an emotional space. It is an intuitive space, but intuition and emotion are the same type of energy. It would be considered from like an elemental standpoint, it would be considered a water energy. Here is a way that astrology is very helpful. If you do not already know the difference between an air sign, a fire sign, a water sign, and an earth sign. Something that astrology really helps with is getting in touch with what those different energies feel like. I taught myself astrology by keeping track of every single person I came in contact with birthday. And then my brain just kind of started to create an archetype of who these different types of people were and what kind of energies they had. And after a while, I meet someone like Brian and can say, oh, that's a Taurian energy. It is very, you're very earth. You're very earth. The look on your face when I say Mercury retrograde could not be more earth energy. However, I bet if I did your chart, I would see probably like a moon or a Mercury in somewhere in an air sign, because as much as you pretend to not be into it, boy, do you find ways to stick your toe in the water. Back to the 5T download. We are going to jump back and forth, apparently. Who, me? This 5D download, when it is finally finished, and this is according to the things that the alien said in February when I did that, candy flipping, channeling with them, they said that we, when we were finally done with it, which feels currently, it feels like a year out, when we were finally done installing it, it would be something to where I could access your talents and use them for my own self. That we would be so connected that I would have access to your gifts and abilities. Like it would be an energy exchange. There's an energy exchange there. Like I'm, I'm on your network. And so here's the reason that we had to work through attachment and fear. I'm right now I'm having, I feel really weird. I feel like a new age teacher without someone else to talk to. And so um, I'm uh, trying to get through that right now. This stuff is still pretty uncomfortable for me. Anyway, assuming that you believe in all of this shit, which why would you be listening to this podcast? Otherwise, assuming you believe in all this stuff, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. <sighs> Sorry, the disclaimers make me feel better. Uh, when it's all said and done, we will be connected. I think just each one of these layers of consciousness, uh, new dimensions, is just really us going back into one consciousness again, right? So we've already connected our mental spaces. It took us seven years to process that to the point to where we were ready to bring on and connect this emotional space. This is a big one. And when this one is done, according to the aliens, it's really fast that we get to the rest of them. And I think that is because this is the one that is the most blocked. This is the one that is the most inhibited. Because if you have trust issues, if you have been hurt by a narcissist, which I'll come back to the narcissist thing. If you have intimacy fears, if you have codependency issues where you do the opposite of the intimacy fear and run into attachment and, and hang on, if you are jealous, if you have envy, if you have any of these things, it's going to be very difficult to allow people to have free access to you and for you to access them in a way that is healthy and open-handed and an exchange of 
energy. So we are all working very hard at processing all the trauma associated with that. Uh, I had a reading the other day that ended up being a past life thing, which I don't usually tap into past life energies at all. I think that's kind of the bottom of the barrel that some of us are starting to scrape, where it's like, okay, you got all your karma stuff cleared out. Now let's go for the Let's go for the past life stuff. I'm usually someone when people ask me about past lives, I'm like, we forget them for a reason. They aren't relevant. But once you're getting to the point where you're trying to go to a higher level of consciousness, it does start to become relevant and does need to be addressed because we do carry the trauma from past lives into current lives. We tend to play out some of the loops that we're playing out from childhood. Like in childhood, that was a loop that we were playing from a past life, a lesson that we're trying to learn, a karma that we're trying to clear. Karma is kind of when you do something to someone else or they do something to you, there there comes there creates a debt between two souls. And then it's just a bunch of trying to recreate the situation so the debt can be reconciled. So a lot of times there might be someone that you hate at work and you guys end up in a weird energy exchange. This person was actually your mom in a past life and you guys are trying to clear this debt out. Anyway, that's a lot of information in a small amount of time. Okay. So about narcissists, as we come closer and closer together, we can't have people that feed off of energy. We can't have people that take energy and don't exchange energy. So there are lots of different what I call energy vampires. Many people call energy vampires. Some of the more innocuous energy vampires are like the passive aggressive person. By the way, I've said this on multiple podcasts. Some of the stuff I'm, I said on Mormon and the Meth Head that hasn't come out yet, I just said it on Karen Rontowski's podcast. Some of the stuff will be repeated. Just know that I change whatever kick I'm on so frequently that it will be completely different by next month. But the passive-aggressive person is the person that makes people feel guilty or, like, freezes the air, makes people give them guilt for no reason, you know, the person who's like, oh, I'm sorry, could maybe I have a little bit of that? I mean, I did give something to you, you know, this kind of shitty vibe where next thing you're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And you're like giving them energy. That's like an, it's still an energy vampire. And I pretty much log out of my body when these people are in full effect, but they are still capable of being human beings with souls. Narcissists, on the other hand, I haven't fully figured out. I think they are also tapeworms. I think maybe they're also just straight up reptilians. It's allegedly caused by trauma. But when I tap into a narcissist, they feel like a room with like a vacuum. There's nothing there. It doesn't matter what they're saying. Whatever they're saying feels like a AI program that has downloaded whatever they've ever heard me say and then tried to feed it back to me. It feels very fake. It's exhausting to be around. Aaron and I had to be, oh, I can talk shit about this on my own podcast. I'm not allowed to talk about it on Mormon and the Meth Head. Aaron and I had a run-in with a narcissist that um, we did his podcast. And when we did his podcast, we both left feeling kind of gross because Aaron and I are very tuned into the energies of other people. We didn't think a ton of it, but then he did what narcissists do, which is fuck with you and provoke you until they get an energy exchange from you. And he didn't get that from us. Um, right now, it has come to the point where these people can't coexist in our space. 
because we are opening up to each other and people who aren't capable of an energy exchange, people who have lived their life feeding off of the energy of other people just have to go. They are going to whatever other karmic planet or they are just ceasing to exist if they are a parasite. I don't know. I don't actually know what will happen to them, but they have to get the fuck out of our space. And I'm not telling you what to do, but if you are someone listening to this podcast who all of a sudden recently has been thinking, I need to cut this narcissist out of my life, but it's my mom, it's my dad, it's my child's parent, it's my sibling, it's my boss, and you suddenly feel yourself... In a connection that you used to think, oh, I can't cut that person out, you used to feel guilty or obligated or whatever, pay attention to your thoughts and feelings because you're being guided by your own highest good to kind of cut these connections loose because these are ultimately you are opening up in a way, if this resonates, you are opening up in a way that is not safe for you to be around people who are not capable of exchanging energy. Other things that are happening with this is our perception is changing. We're really tapping into a higher level of perceiving reality that kind of I hate the word trumps now, but kind of takes precedence over your physical senses. And the way that I have described this and maybe described it last week with Ramin, if two of the best actors in the world were staging a mugging, you would know that it was staged. Where in the past where we kind of had this 4D ability to kind of discern things, because it was a mental space thing and it's kind of a passive, that was such a passive sense compared to what this is, you would now watch two people fighting. And if they weren't really fighting, it didn't, it wouldn't matter how well they are acting. You could tell that they're lying because you cannot fake an energy exchange. And what I'm hoping happens with this is that this really translates into the stuff that the elites are up to because they're really, really, really vying for that last bit of energy that they're getting from everybody and they're just doing like increasingly more horrific stuff but they're just narcissists trying to get you to give them energy like a narcissist will pick a ridiculous argument with you so that you will fight them and then they get the energy from you fighting them and you're fighting them because you're this argument is so ridiculous but it's like they know it's ridiculous they're trying to steal your energy I don't even know the details of it. I only see the headlines. But like when there's a send them back or something, it's like they're just trying to get you to freak out. And what I'm hoping with the exchange of energy and as everyone starts to tune more into this, they can see when someone is just trying to freak them out, when they are making laws specifically to freak you out so that you'll talk about how powerful they are and how scary they are and how this is the beginning of the end and this is what Hitler did and they're going to kill us and lock it like they're fucking with you they're doing horrific things to fuck with you so that you'll be so triggered that you don't see how to actually take their power away but what's starting to happen with people who are processing this download is people are like oh wait this is bullshit these are clowns putting on a play and it's just disconnecting boom and we get enough people to disconnect we can just jump off of this shitty fucking timeline anyway the thing i've recommended for people to do to see if you're in this right now is go to the mall and just watch don't try too hard these kind of things are 
they exist in a space that if you look at them too hard, they fade. So go to the mall and just pay attention to your perception of the people around you. Can you look at a couple and tell exactly how that couple feels about themselves? If they're holding hands, can you tell that they're holding hands because one of them is insecure and the other one's trying to make them feel better? Can you tell that they had a fight earlier today and they're both trying to smile because they brought their kid here for something fun, but they're frustrated with each other? Can you see this stuff in front of whatever it is that you see with your physical eyes? If so, welcome to 5D. So that brings us into energy exchange stuff. We are going to start experiencing reality. From what I can tell, we're going to start experiencing reality as these energy exchanges. And as that happens, our language is starting to change. We are needing to communicate with words less and less. And we are communicating through these energy exchanges that don't matter if we're in different states. They don't matter if... We don't see each other if we haven't physically talked in a little while. It's also, first I want to get into how to talk to your own aliens. I've had a lot of people send me messages and say, can you tell me what the aliens say about this? Can you tell me what the aliens say about this? And I want to clarify a few things about, first of all, the aliens. What I call the aliens is what everyone else calls their guides or their soul team. Inside of your head you have way more voices than you could ever imagine. I highly recommend, especially now as we're going into this higher level of consciousness and you need to kind of organize the things happening in your mental space, I highly recommend looking into something called internal family systems where you identify all the different voices in your head. So long as we identify all of the thoughts in our heads as one stream of consciousness, Life can be very confusing because you have a critical factor in there. You have a voice that was your abusive dad. You have a voice that was your withholding girlfriend. You have a voice that was your mean coach. And then you have these exiled, hurt parts of you that need to come out and have feelings. Your inner child is the connection to source. You got to clear all this stuff out. You got to get all these things organized. It strangely was a huge kick I've been on multiple times in my life. And only recently found out that somebody stole my idea and turned it into a therapy. So I highly recommend getting into that. That will help you hear your guides. But you have guides. You have your own aliens. They talk to you all the time. You probably think it's you. I've asked a couple people who talk to their guides and can hear their guides to explain to me if they have any tricks for how to point them out. Here's how I know when it's the aliens talking versus my own thoughts. Number one, a lot of the times when the aliens are the ones talking, because this is like a 99.9% telepathic interaction. So I have physically seen the aliens. I was talking to the aliens for a long time before I physically saw them in the physical reality. I knew it was them because it had the same voice as the ones that I saw in my dreams. But then it was probably six months to a year before they were like, okay, now it's time to perceive us physically. And it was a big creepy thing to watch them come towards me physically. There's really no point for them to hang out in the physical space. They are wherever I really am. There's four of them, I think, but they all talk as one voice. And that's how consciousness works in the higher dimensions. And I call them aliens because to me they kind of look like aliens, but I think sometimes it's confusing. A lot of people mix this up with other versions of what the aliens are that we've talked about. I more or less thought it was cute 
and funny. And now that it's becoming more of a thing, I'm considering calling them guides. But I'm definitely trying to get into, especially when I'm doing readings with people, acknowledging when the guides have said something, starting to kind of talk to them openly in front of other people. This is all stuff I've kept to myself and been ashamed of. A lot of great Jessa-isms were things that they said. Like they would say it in my head. I would say it out loud. Everyone would be like, Jessa's brilliant. And it's actually just stuff that they said. So I'm trying to get better at being open and honest about this and try to kind of destigmatize this idea a little bit. But when, for me, the aliens are talking, they don't say I. They don't speak in I statements. So all the other voices in my head talk as if they're me. And when the aliens talk, it's usually a kind of a pep talk vibe if they're just talking to me about my shit. They tend to, they always talk in the third person. So the voice in your head that's like, you know better than this. Now, I know a lot of people who have critical companions that also speak in the third person. So I think Aaron, when he refers to things that his critical companion says, I guess mine do too sometimes, will say, you're worthless, you're such a bad person, whatever. Here's the thing. The aliens never have anything negative to say. There are pull-you-up-by-your-bootstrap conversations, but there's never an angle. There's a, they never make me feel ashamed. They never make me feel bad. They're very neutral. It's a very neutral, supportive vibe. It is often out loud. When they're talking, I will end up speaking out loud. I remember one time I was bombing on the Mean Boys podcast. And I went into the kitchen. Connor sent me in there to get some tea. And while I was in the kitchen, the guides, so out loud, if you would have walked into the kitchen, you would have seen me talking to myself. The guides were like, you're not going to bomb on this podcast. You know exactly what to do. Stop thinking about what people want you to do and walk out there and be yourself. Everyone likes you when you are yourself. And that's how they talk. They tend to talk in a tone very different from the space that I'm currently in. And what I'm telling you right now is always to get to know your own guides for your own life. You can eventually hone this relationship in a way that you can use your guides to do things like do readings for other people or whatever. But right now, the best way to figure out who they are is how they relate to you in your own life. So essentially what the guides are are some of your closest friends from your higher dimensional existence who hang out in whatever room we actually are in and they sit there and watch you play your game and they give you information, but they are completely plugged in. They're not even remotely plugged into the 3D reality. So they don't have any of the attachments. They don't have a dog in the fight. They don't, their only dog in the fight might be to help you evolve, help you level up. Maybe they are involved with some type of collective. A lot of people have like Archangel Michael, as a guide or whatever, that's all a little too woo for me. So mine are just some some friends. When you learn how to tell that voice from other voices, it can help you a lot because all your other voices have things that they are trying to accomplish. They tend to contradict each other. They're trying to get some need met. A lot of times that need isn't in your best interest. And if you can learn to kind of isolate and figure out which voice is the voice of your guides, you can 
take the advice of someone who's seeing the big picture, who knows what you actually want. And a lot of times they won't tell you things. Like a lot of times when it's a lesson you need to learn, there's a mistake that you need to make, they'll be quiet and they won't give you what you want. Or they'll give you what you want 500 times and you won't fucking believe them because you want to make this mistake. A friend of mine who I'm going to have on the podcast soon has a great connection with her guides. And sometimes when I'm too emotionally attached to listen to my own, I'll message her and borrow hers. And sometimes when we talk, we get messages from each other's guides. And I have a similar dynamic with Karen Rontowski, who I'm definitely going to have on soon. But I messaged her and was like, do you have any pointers? Because I know the, the third person is one of them. I know talking out loud is one of them. I don't know how specific these things are to me. And she said, um, Claire audience sounds a lot like your own thoughts and it takes a lot of trust and practice to validate from guides. So that's a big one. When the guides talk, it's a, th- it's a thought that pops in your head that just feels in your gut true. It feels true. But then you take that piece of information and you immediately run it through your mental space. And your mental space is not the place for stuff to be. It's just not, it's where all the overthinking happens. It's where all your baggage and trauma and fear and shit goes down. And so you want to be careful. I'm trying to think of some practices for listening to your aliens, but it's it's like a muscle. It's like a muscle that you have to work. The problem is, is that it does exist inside your head. And we have been told our entire lives that that's inside your head is like a a criticism. You're not supposed to trust that. You're supposed to trust what you see in front of your face and what has been confirmed by other people. But that isn't the reality that we're living in anymore. And it couldn't be more proven by the fact that we can't find facts anymore. You have people over here swearing to God that this is true. People over here swearing to God this is true. We can put other people's faces onto videos now. You can deep fake this. This is staged. This isn't real. Like nothing is real anymore. You've never needed to trust your own experience more. But that's not socially acceptable. That's not what we consider because it comes from our own insecurity. I like to think what would happen if the entire world was wiped off the map except for one person and they had amnesia and they had to come up with the philosophy of what life was, what the purpose of it is. Like if they had to start from scratch and they didn't have the luxury of being told their entire life what it is, what would that conclusion be? Because we treat a lot of things like they are law, like they are universal facts, like they are undeniable. And they're really just like what we've come up with so far. So that was a little bit of a tangent, but that comes back to this idea that we are coming into a place where you have to trust your own perception of the energy exchange. You have to trust your own ability to determine which of your thoughts Our ego, which of your thoughts are defense mechanisms, which of your feelings about energy exchanges are accurate, and which of them are based in fear of not being accepted, not being wanted. Like, this is why we have to do all of this work so that we can move into this kind of new perception. So the aliens also communicate via 
um, I keep wanting to say singularity for some reason, via synchronicities. So synchronicities can be 11-11 on the clock. A lot of times that's what's called an activation code. These are things that are meant to wake you up. They're things that are supposed to tr- like snap you awake in the game, especially when you see them over and over again. Like 2-2-2 is a big one for me, 22, uh, 2 and 4-2s everywhere, constantly. I know exactly what that means. It's an activation code for a very specific part of the game that I'm playing. When you see that stuff all the time, like wake up in that moment, wake up and pay attention, pay attention to all the different parts of yourself, pay attention to the you that is in the body, pay attention to the you that is experiencing the energy exchange, pay attention to you that is in the mental space. Weird things like songs come on and have words and the words, songs that have words, so weird. The words speak to the thing that you're thinking about or the thing that you're experiencing. Like this is you trying to communicate with yourself. And by you, I mean, these are your guides trying to communicate with you. Kind of learning to work all these muscles, strengthen all of these abilities and get in touch with all of these things makes it to where you can live a more intuitive, in-touch life where you talk to your own guides. And I have been doing readings now for like a month, I guess. And I'll explain a little bit about the readings. I thought I explained last week, but then I listened to it and I really didn't. So here's the process for if you want a reading from me. You go to jessareed.com, you order the reading. If we do a half hour, it's kind of pretty quick. The hour is more in depth. I tend to go over, but I'm now getting booked to the point where I can't really do that. So if you have a very specific question you want to get in, get out, or you want to try it for the first time, the half hour is good. If you really want to get into the meat of it, I recommend an hour. I will call you on the phone. We'll do the reading, and then I will take pictures of everything, including any books. I use a lot of different decks and the oracles. I take pictures of the books so that you have it later. Have a pen and paper handy so that you can write down the stuff I say, because some of the stuff that's more out in the future is great to have when it happens. And the energies that I tend to pick up on are the energies that I'm always talking about. So different people are gifted and tuned into different things. It's like any other talent. So I use Karen Rontowski a lot because she's great at kind of You know, you have a new job opportunity coming in the summer. You have this. She has a lot of like 3D info that I don't really pick up on those wavelengths. I'm more likely to know why you're going to sabotage that job. I'm also very tuned into where people are at in their kind of awakening process. So um, if that's something that you're into, like I'm, I'm your girl. Now that said, I've had a reading where I communicated with someone's horse. I've had a past life reading. I've done job things. I'm, if you are in a twin flame dynamic, that is my absolute shit. But basically I'm, I'm more tuned into kind of the trauma programming, stuff like this. So this is all once again, an energy exchange and the cards are, they have pictures on them and the pictures mean stuff. I'm a lot of different things. I tend to pull the cards and most times the guides tell me a different meaning for the cards than what I know to be the traditional meanings. Certain things on the cards will stand out to me because they're supposed to stand out for you. That's called reading an oracle. Just like when I walked past a poster that said dark phoenix on this date, I knew that the phoenix represented this thing and that this was the date that I would start to wake up from this thing. Like you could do that all day. Like you can use metaphors that mean things to you 
and then trust yourself when you see that metaphor out there somewhere that you are having a real conversation with your higher self or with your guides. Um, sorry, this podcast is a little bit all over the place. Hopefully we'll be able to edit it nice, but I'm getting some crazy text messages. I just put my phone in airplane mode to avoid it, but there's some other stuff going on in the 3D reality that is distracting, but that's probably by design. So I think that's it on communicating with your higher self. I think if you set the intention that you want to talk more with your higher self or with your guides, then opportunities will come up. So I've talked before about how when I first got in touch with the aliens, part of what I had to do was give crazy messages to people. They would give me messages like, go tell that person, uh, you know, something about their dad molesting them. And it would be a nightmare because it's like, how do I know you're not just a voice in my head? But by stepping out and doing that stuff and then having it confirmed that it was true. And as someone who daily, daily has these experiences, I still question if I'm crazy. I still worry that I'm wrong. There's no amount of confirmation that really makes that go away fully, I don't think. And it's weird when I'm doing readings. Well, because readings is something I'm a little bit insecure about because it's new, right? So I've I pulled the grief card once as the overall energy and told somebody, you know, here's the overall energy. And they're like, huh, I don't know what that could be. And then I start to worry that I'm bombing or that I'm wrong. And then within five minutes, we figured out that they've suffered a major loss recently. And I... I'm like, why did I doubt myself? Like, I knew what it meant. I feel the grief. I also feel the grief. I have to trust my own voice. Who knows the reason they don't want to talk about it? You know, it always ends up coming by the end, thank God, so far. Um, but this is kind of the space that we're all moving into. We're all starting to communicate telepathically. In order to communicate telepathically, you have to be able to trust that telephone, you have to be able to trust your ability to perceive things that physically appear one way. And part of sharpening that skill is trusting these voices in your head. But with equal measure, you have to be working on the other voices. You have to get the other voices in control. If you are projecting things onto people, you're not going to be able to hear your guides. If you are trying to push an agenda, you're not going to be able to hear your guides. They are the quietest voice in your head. They are the still small voice. And this is why I think this IFS is so helpful, because if you know what triggers what protector, if you know what triggers your ego, if you know what triggers the exiles, if you know what triggers all of these things, then you know what to look for. And then when you hear the still small voice, you can know with more confidence that it is the still small voice. But I think that's a lot of what this next year is going to be about. This is my prediction, is that we will all be kind of integrating this stuff. And this is why it is also very important that there are no narcissists in our energy field because these narcissists gaslight and you cannot have a gaslighter. You're already going to kind of have a little bit of a gaslighting experience with reality itself because you're going to, as you're learning this skill, you're going to have things that your gut, that the energy exchange tells you is one thing and reality is going to like try to tell you it's something else and you're going to have to stand there. So my my example of this was in June of 2017, I started to be able to perceive the timeline that I was on and the trajectory of it and how it looks in my head. And this is Claire audience. 
Sorry, she texted me this one. There's all these different Claire senses. There's like clairvoyance, clairaudience, Claire essence, I think. I'm probably fucking this up. But clairvoyance is like closing your eyes and trying to picture where your shoes currently are or picturing an elephant. That is where your the sense of clairvoyance is. So in that place is where I see a lot of things. I get a lot of, I don't want to say visions, but sometimes when I'm doing readings for somebody, things pictures pop up in that place. That's also you talking to your higher self. That's you using a sense that isn't in the five physical senses. And in that space, I can see, I can see trajectories. I can see the current timeline I'm on and it looks like a track, like a high school track, like a circle. It's gray. And the different months are there. And then when I say stuff like I'm not going to have sex or date uh, for a year, I can feel a roadblock in February. So I know that there's something that happens there in February. I knew that my financial situation was going to change in March. I know that there's a major breakthrough that happens in September, that my my life completely changes in September. I knew that I would be mourning in June. This is all based on things that I can see in this space when I imagine it. Now, you might have that ability and just not know it because you don't trust it. You have never trusted that. But when this came on board in June of 2017, it just suddenly was something that I I sensed. And in January of 2017, because of what I saw on this trajectory, I knew I needed to move to LA. Then when I get to LA, and I've told this story before, I'm not sure if I've told it on here, but two days before I arrived in LA, I had a flat tire. I was Aaron and I were in New Mexico and stuck for the night in a shitty hotel because of the flat tire. And I get an email from Comedy Central that says, this is not your this is not happening is not coming out for another full year. Now, I have just moved my entire family. I have uprooted my entire life. My husband and I split up like everything is up in the air. I don't have a job. I don't have an income. I have no idea what I'm going to do. And I was all banking on this trajectory told me that there was something that I needed to be in L.A. for. So now I'm wanting to freak out, but it's still on the trajectory. The trajectory doesn't feel different. And I remember telling Aaron, I cried for a second, and then I remember telling Aaron, sometimes I have these experiences where reality is showing me one thing, and I just know it's not true. Now, if you know anything about TV, they've got these shows ready. These shows are getting ready to drop, drop the season's ready. And so there's no logical reason why my episode is not going to come out. I just know that I am right and reality is wrong. And I don't know that from a place of being attached to the outcome, which is something that you have to work on. And I can't, we spent a lot of time on Mormon and the meth head discussing things like how to, how to clear the mental space and how to work through the trauma and everything else. So my abilities to see things in the other realms is directly proportionate to the amount of work I've done to let go of attachments and stuff like this. There are certain areas of my life where I do have attachments and I can't tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt those outcomes, although I'm still usually right, I can't tell you those outcomes because I know I have attachments there. I'm too attached to the outcome, so I can't see it. But this particular thing you would think I was very attached to, but I really wasn't. Um in a way that would cloud me from seeing that this thing is still sitting in the spring. So I accepted it. I didn't at first. I looked for a way to change it because I felt like maybe I'm supposed to stop this 
current trajectory. But I just knew it. I just knew it. And then I accepted it because I just knew it. So why fight it? And then two weeks before it dropped, they called me and said, hey, we cut you from next year. You're not going to be on the TV show, to which I did not give a fuck. And then I said, am I going to be on the Internet, which is all I cared about anyway? And they said, yeah, that's in two weeks, which is right about where it was on the trajectory in my head. And I didn't fight the reality. This is an interesting thing where I'm learning as I'm saying this, because there are, there are other things in my life where I feel like I know how they're going to turn out. And then reality is like, no, that's not how it's going to turn out. And then I want to fight it. These are areas that I'm emotionally attached. And right now I'm thinking about the process that I used in that situation. And in that situation, I was like, okay, I guess I'll pivot. I guess I'll move on with my life. And when I moved on with my life, I changed the energy dynamic here. I wasn't chasing something. I let it come to me and it came to me. So this is about trusting yourself and about trusting your own experience. And then you start to have all these magical things where you're like, hey, I knew that was going to happen. Hey, I knew that person was lying. Hey, I knew that this wasn't the right move for me. And all of this is all tied into this societal programming, though. So long as you're making decisions because you won't care what your parents think, so long as you're trying to fit into gender norms, so long as you are operating on programs of shame and guilt and codependency and attachment and fear of intimacy. Like so long as all of these things are clogging up the works, you're not able to flow in that energy. And that doesn't mean that you're not able to flow at all because I am very much working through a bunch of those things. But it is about trusting yourself, trusting your own experience, being willing to have experiences that aren't confirmed by other people. And a good example of that is I know that I will one day move things with my eyes and I know that I will one day levitate. He's laughing at me right now. I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Right before or right after I do it, it will no longer be crazy. There'll be some just tiny thing that we were missing all along that suddenly makes it make sense that we're able to do this. And I am not going to run out and try to prove it to people. It's just something that I'm going to experience. I'm going to keep it to myself until it's time to share it with other people. But I've known that I was going to do that for 20 years. And for the first 10, every time I would try to do it, I was first of all trying too hard. But I would try to do it from a place of wanting to go show everybody afterwards. And this is kind of the need to confirm our experiences through other people. And this is just kind of a different era. It's weird because it's like we're coming together as one consciousness, but it's never been more about you alone. Right? Like we've lived this however many lifetimes in the illusion of separation, believing that we are separate from one another, but needing the confirmation, needing the validation of other people. And now here we are merging back into one consciousness and we get there by going inside of ourselves, that it's all inside of you. It is not inside of anyone else. It is not inside of me. I cannot take you there. Nobody else can take you there. There is no external source of this. It is inside of yourself, but inside of yourself is your connection to everything. That's very, God, I'm starting to sound like someone who does a lot of psychedelics. Side note, story time. I did acid the other day. 
Now, I've been doing acid on and off since like 2012. Sorry, not acid. I did mushrooms in 2012. Then I took another five years off or something. And then I've done quite a bit of psychedelics. And quite a bit of psychedelics is what, four or five times a year since 2017. And... I was closeted about it. We did an episode called Aaron's on acid on Mormon and the meth head. And I was also on acid, but I was like, we can't, I don't want to be responsible for an addict thinking that they can do acid. I don't want to be judged. I don't want all the people from my past life thinking, oh my gosh, she's going to go do meth again. I didn't want to deal with any of it. And then as more time went on and the circle got bigger and people were listening to me more on podcasts, it got to the point where I felt like I needed to be more honest. I also loved how Aaron could be so honest you know, he was like tripping on his Instagram story. And I was like, I want to live like that. So I came out of the closet. Nobody gave a fuck. And it has been fun to kind of be more honest. And the other day I did acid and it, it made for a funny Instagram story. I was having a very spiritual experience where I was dealing with some psychological things and working through some trauma. And then every once in a while I just pick up my phone and make a funny video about it. And then I got this nasty message from somebody who hasn't known me in a long time who said, like, what are you doing? You're back on drugs. What about your kids? And I was like, do you know anything about psychedelics? Like, I'm so far disconnected from that reality that I'm like, wait, are there still people who think acid is drugs? And I mean, I get that it's drugs, but like... I just feel like the acceptance for these things has increased so much that it, it was a paradigm shift for me to be like, oh, wait, there are still people living in this old world that don't know the difference between acid and meth. And so I was like, do you know anything about psychedelics? And she was like, no, and I don't care to. And then I just wanted to light this bitch up because, listen, don't post weekly, drunken, tube dress having girls nights and then talk to me about my fucking kids when I do acid a few times a year. Like, just because alcohol is more socially acceptable because it's legal, it's legal because the people who want to keep you asleep write the laws, but don't even get me started on that shit. Just because you're doing a more socially acceptable, putting yourself further to sleep, don't come at me talking to me about my fucking kids. I was so mad. And then I was like, am I triggered because I believe any of this? And I was like, no, I'm triggered because it's just the audacity of people. Like, you don't fucking know me. You might have known me 15 years ago. You don't know me now. If it was a problem, if I had a fucking problem, do you think I'd be putting it on my Instagram story? Also, the Instagram story was funny and like light. Did you see it? Great content, wasn't it? You didn't watch my fucking story. What the fuck? Well, you bailed on me to do acid. I was really bitter at the time. <gasps> I did. I'm sorry. It was the only, I never get a day without readings the next day. And I really needed to do acid because I was sad. It's cool. How Taurus of you. You need me to be what I say I'm going to be and it's never going to happen. I'm so sorry. Some also, speaking of dick bags on Instagram, I'm pretty sure this guy listens to the podcast and I'm pretty sure he's just trying to fuck. But he said something about astrology. I made a joke about astrology on 
my Instagram story. And then he was like, oh, I was looking for someone who did readings because I did a tarot reading for somebody who wanted their birth chart done. So I was like, anybody who does professional astrology, hit me up and I have work for you. And he's like, I could write a bunch of very general things that could apply to anyone. And I was like, well, that's not how astrology works, but thanks. And then he said, oh, how Taurus of you. And I'm like, also not how Tauruses work. Obviously, you know fucking nothing about what you're talking about if you think that anything I just said sounds Taurus. You sound Taurus, motherfucker. This brings us to astrology. All right, here's astrology in a very quick nutshell. Astrology is about the flows of energy. I'm not implying that your life is being ruled by planets. I feel like the planets are more like a map key. At some point, somebody who understood how the flows of energy works laid out these map keys for us, or somebody has just been recording everything that's ever happened since the beginning of time and looked for the correlation with the planets. I know that we like to say correlation, not causation, but I think that's kind of dumb. So I, the patterns mean something, and they mean something in the flow of energy. They don't mean something in the physical reality, but honestly, who gives a shit? That's a dying medium. Um... So here is a quick summary of the planets. And I do not know. It, astrology is very complex, and I don't know a ton about it, but I, I have a working knowledge of it. When you do your birth chart, you have to know the place of your birth, the exact time of your birth, and the date of your birth. When you do that, you get what's called a star chart. The star chart tells you where all your placements are. In the placements, you have the houses, which I don't know anything about. I haven't gotten that far into it, but the houses, like one is home, one is career, one is afterlife, one is spirituality, one is whatever. So where the planets are in those houses means something. What sign, the sign is also something that's constantly moving. So let's say your third house is in Capricorn. And so let's say, and I don't, I'm paraphrasing because I don't know the houses. Let's say the third house is about your career and it's in Capricorn. So that means the energy with which you're going to deal with career matters is going to be kind of an earth energy, down to earth, needing confirmation, overthinking, things like this. And then the planets that are in it will also be related. So let's say your Venus, which represents love, is in the third house in Capricorn. So this is going to mean that these things are all kind of intermingled for you as well, that you may be find the love of your life at work or end up building a business with the person that you love. I'm kind of going off the top of my head right now, so I'm not giving super good examples, but these things are all connected. That's something to know. The planets and what they mean, the very relevant ones are sun, moon, rising, Mars, Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, and... Your sun is like your overall self. Your moon is your emotions. Your rising is your ego. Sun and rising, I can never get right. So like my sun sign is Pisces. My moon sign is Pisces. Pisces is an addict. Pisces is a dreamer. Pisces is an artist. It's very water energy. If you ever hear me talk about my sign, I call myself Aquarius. That's because I'm at zero degrees between Pisces and Aquarius. And I've only recently started to accept the part of me that is very emotional. So I've just always claimed the Aquarius. Mars is your driving force. Mercury is the supercomputer of your mind. For me, both of those things are in 
Aquarius, which that with the zero degrees sun gives me a ton of Aquarius to my personality. So I do have this Pisces part of me that I kind of hide behind this Aquarius part of me. These things don't determine my personality, but they are kind of a map key to my personality. And it is helpful to know these things, can be helpful to know these things. My rising sign is Virgo. Virgo is the perfectionist. It's someone who likes to organize things. It is someone who is an earth sign, feet on the ground. It's really my only earth energy besides my Jupiter, which is your luck, is in Taurus. I guess that means I got lucky enough to meet Brian. But other than that, my shit is all water and air. And so, as you may know, I'm not very grounded. If I didn't have the Virgo, I swear I would never get anything done. Like, that's the only tiny sliver of my personality. So once again, these are a map key to my personality. They're all very accurate once you get into it. Also, where all these planets land in relation to each other means something. So Saturn is your opposition. It's the the difficult teacher in your life. Saturn for me is in Leo, which is directly across from everything else. So you see a lot of struggle and hardship and trauma in my life. Where the planets relate to each other means something. Where they are on the chart, if they're all gathered together in one small spot, you're going to be one of these people that has a very condensed to one area energy rather than someone who's got everything kind of spread out. You can kind of feel that when you get to know somebody. It's like, oh, this person is a a, a knot that's tied tightly, and then this person is someone who's well-rounded and spread out. So that's kind of an overview of what your birth chart does. Now, the helpful part of the birth chart, it's fun to get into the personality stuff. If you don't have an app called The Pattern, if you have an iPhone, I highly recommend downloading an app called The Pattern. Put your information in and then try to tell me that astrology isn't real. Uh, Do not try to add me on The Pattern. The Pattern has very, very intimate details of all of our personalities, lives, and fears, and I'm not comfortable with people I don't know having access to that. But beyond the personality stuff, which is just kind of a fun thing to play with, once you know these things, once you have this kind of map of your own self, then you can use astrology with current transits and kind of see what the current flowing energies are and when is a good time to move, when is a good time to stay still, when is a good time to reflect, when is a good time to rebuild, when endings are coming, when beginnings are coming. Like it's kind of just a map key. It's kind of just like, hey, here today is an energy that's moving forward fast. What would you like to take from your wish list and add to this very fast moving energy? Because this is when it is supported. Right now we are in Mercury retrograde. This is something that basic bitches talk about a lot. So people like to shit on it. But here's the gist of Mercury retrograde. I think it's like three times a year. The Forward moving progress takes a minute for you to integrate and for you to decide what is working, what isn't working, to be in kind of a reflection space, to remove things, to perfect things you've already started. This is a very necessary energy. When you are trying to move things forward and get projects done, it is necessary in the flow of energy to take a minute and perfect them. And that's what Mercury retrograde is about. Now, what happens during Mercury retrograde is technology sucks. 
is the big thing that people end up talking about. If you sign a contract, if you attempt to move forward, a lot of times you're going to have to turn around and do that again later. Another thing that happens during Mercury retrograde is exes come back to close out cycles. Old things come up to be dealt with. Old childhood trauma pops back up for you to reprocess, things like this. It's things that have already happened need to be processed. That's the essential energy there. So during the Mercury retrograde is not the time to move things forward. Mars and Mercury, or sorry, Mars and retrograde doesn't happen as often, I don't think. But when Mars is in retrograde, anything you start will fizzle out because you're in such... Mars is the driving force forward, and you're in like the opposite energy when it's in retrograde. So it's just not a good time to get things started. Now, if you have all this information, and this doesn't mean there's never exceptions, but if you have this information, first of all, you can learn to watch energy flows. You can learn to watch things and be like, oh, okay, that's a Mercury retrograde energy. Like, I don't even try. I've been trying to record these alien school videos and there was construction. And then I finally got some time to get it done. And I already knew. I already know what's going to happen. It's a new project. It's not meant to be started during Mercury retrograde. So every piece of technology wouldn't work. This is time to figure out what I already have and what is working and what isn't working and what I want to move forward on and what I want to revamp. That's the energy right now. Other things happening. Eclipses are about endings. Chiron, I think it's called, is in retrograde right now, which is about it's called like the wounded healer. It's about healing your wounds. And when you really get into this stuff, you can look back at dates. Like what was a date that this was in retrograde last or that it was in this sign last? And then you can say, oh, shit, during that date, I had a breakup and now I'm in a breakup again or something like this. Um, Jupiter is coming out of retrograde on August 10th. Jupiter in retrograde is about growth reconsidering things, like going back and looking at things with a new perception. And that a lot of people have been in that space. And that started on April 10th. So April 10th to August 10th. So if you look back at kind of a, the way that things started to change for you, we've all kind of been in this getting ready for an update upgrade kind of energy where we're looking back at places where we thought we were a victim and finding out that we weren't the victim or things that we thought that we were the bad guy and finding out that in this case we were the victim, things like this. Um, kind of like a paradigm shift type energy, but not an energy that is propelling things forward. There aren't a ton of times for propelling things forward. And that is because our, the energy gets clogged up with this other stuff. So it's just helpful shit to know. It's a weird thing to be critical of. It's a weird thing to talk shit about without having any knowledge of it. But the problem, the reason that that is, is because people think that horoscopes are astrology. Now, I do read horoscopes. And sometimes my guide guides will say, read Sagittarius. Because horoscopes are just oracles. It's just a message. You're communicating with something that isn't in the physical reality. I get messages from cereal boxes. And there are a lot of great astrology apps that are based more on kind of the science, sorry for using that word, but more of the deeper understanding of astrology. But we all grew up on like horoscopes in newspapers that were basically general garbage. 
all of you download the pattern and somebody write me if you find something. Now you have all the different aspects. So let's say you are a Taurus sun, but that doesn't really match your personality. That could be because you are a very emotional person and your dominant energy is going to be that moon, right? So whatever your moon sign is. So it's having all these things there. And then when you're kind of reading through it, it is a, here's a trait of mine that's dominant. Here's a trait of mine that's not dominant. And so when I read about the not dominant one, I understand. But it's kind of this like... I guess if you don't believe in it, don't believe in it. I'm only talking to the people that are interested in knowing how to help it, how to use it to help them. All of these things, numerology, palmistry, like all of these things are there to give you tiny clues so that you can navigate a space and a transition that isn't being laid out for you by somebody else in a way that still requires you to trust your gut. And then with everything else, don't, if it doesn't resonate, just leave it because everything isn't meant to resonate with every person. Everybody's on a different path. Everybody's taking a different path to get there. It is all about going inside of yourself and it's different for all of us. So let me think, did I cover everything? I did the 5D download. I feel like this episode was all over the place and I'm really sorry about it. I think that's it. Oh, here's just an interesting thing that came up this week while I was recording with Aaron. I talked last week on the episode with Ramin about how I got a clue, like a riddle, about how the process that our consciousness used to uses to evolve is connected to the process that the earth is using to evolve is connected to the, pro- like it's the same process. And the process that our consciousness is using to evolve is really kind of flooding us with trauma, right? So that we can work through the trauma. It's like traumatizing us with the trauma so we can kind of boil it out. And I couldn't figure out that's connected. It's the same process that our body is supposed to use in order to transcend or transmute out of a body that ages and dies and gets disease. And I was like, what does that mean? Because obviously I'm 42. I'm trying to get to that, right? And then we were recording an episode of Mormon and the Meth Head with Craig from Energy is Love podcast, and he talked about ice baths. And a friend of the podcast, Jay, I had just looked at his Instagram like a creep and saw him in an ice bath. And I was like, okay, so that's a synchronicity. That's standing out. That's something that I've seen, something that I've never heard of showing up multiple times in a day. That's a synchronicity. That's a clue. These are the kind of things that I know to look into. And so I asked Craig about the ice bath, and I'm going to butcher it right now. I want to at least get the guy's name. But it is a guy... Will Hoff, I want to say something Hoff, who has used things like ice baths and these breathing techniques, which we talked on Mormon and the Meth Head about these breathing techniques that can give you a psychedelic experience. This is another thing I haven't tried, but it is, I'm going to butcher it because I don't know the details. I really should have looked it up, but it is, it's traumatizing your body. It's causing whatever the fight or flight that. And he's using it by, what, flooding the physical body in the same way that we have been getting our consciousness flooded with trauma and stuff like this. So I thought this was very interesting from the standpoint that we are using the same technique. 
Because that's also what's happening to Earth, right? She's hitting this critical mass of abuse and pollution and everything else. Like, what if this is just part of the process where it drives her to a point where she just evolves, right? She has to evolve to survive. And it would be very interesting if it's something – because I did think with our bodies it's going to be something so dumb. So if it turns out to be like, oh, hey, you just need to breathe deeper and your body will stop aging, like that totally resonates with, oh, of course it's that. Because consciousness is very much like that. Like we're trying too hard and it's actually just be. Just be in the moment. Look down at your feet. That's where you're at. Get away from everything that isn't that and be. And that's like the dumbest shit ever, but it's literally how – to step into higher consciousness and into who you actually are. So that would be funny. Anyway, getting a bath of ice, I guess, is the advice. As always, if you want to get a reading, you can schedule that at jessareed.com. Social media, I'm Jessa Reed Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. This podcast is Soberish Pod on Twitter. I never post anything, but maybe when there's more than 30 of you. And Soberish Pod on Instagram, not to be mistaken for Soberish Podcast. See you guys next week. Oh, yeah, we have a Facebook group.